When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you haven't already rated and reviewed the Single Tracks podcast in your podcast app, now's the time to do it. We're randomly selecting listener reviews to read on the show. And if we choose yours, you'll get a free Single Tracks hat in the mail. Hit pause right now, write a quick review, and then listen to future episodes to find out if you won yourself a hat. Happy trails. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Single Tracks podcast. My name is Jeff, and today my guest is Anya Bruin. Anya is a Northwest Arkansas local who has lived and worked in Fayetteville and Bentonville for close to 25 years. She's also the Education Program Manager for Bike NWA. Thanks for joining us, Anya. Yeah, happy to be here. Well, tell us a bit about your background. How did you end up in Northwest Arkansas? I was forcibly brought here at the age of four. Uh, we moved from Texas uh, when I was four um, to a little bitty town just west of Fayetteville. It's like the one town west of Fayetteville. And I grew up on a farm out there. And then as soon as I was old enough, I moved out and moved to Fayetteville where things happened past, you know, 8 p.m. And, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I've lived here ever since. Yeah, that's cool. Has, has there always been like mountain bike trails and things like that to do in Fayetteville? I mean, how did you get started mountain biking? So it's funny, you know, when you live on a farm, you kind of always mountain bike, but you don't really call it yeah. mountain biking because you're just yeah. riding around the farm. <laughs> so at like right. eight, I tried like to downhill on this hill that was like the, our house is at the top and then our, our farm was at the bottom. And I mm-hmm. remember going, what is this like if I don't use brakes? Um, so, <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I tried, it was not good. It was not good. I was no. on the, like pink huffy and it was coaster brakes. And I tried to go downhill <laughs> without brakes. And I ended up, you know, launching over the bars like you will, um, when you're yeah. eight, but, um, but that wasn't the end of biking for me. So that worked out. Um, okay. I guess, you know, you got to get those scars over early. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so mountain biking has not always been a thing here. Um, the first trails were actually built in devil's den in 1997, I believe, or 96, right around there. And I remember as like a high school student, we would go up there and hike. And then a couple of friends of mine were like, oh, did you know you can bike this too? And I was like, y'all are crazy. Mm. I don't know why you would want to. <laughs> and so like way back then it was like, you know, some fire roads and, you know, people were riding these crazy bikes with these huge long stems and like mm-hmm. little cages around their feet. And it was so <laughs> sketchy. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll just hike that. Um, but then I started mountain biking uh, in like 2005-ish. Um, and did a few rides around town. At that point in time, there was another trail in town near where I live around Lake Fayetteville. And again, you know, it's not, it wasn't what it is now. (laughs) It's so different now, but we rode a little bit then. And then, you know, I spent a lot of time riding around on the Greenway. And then like in 2016, again, when Nika came to town, I was kind of known at the school that I worked at as the bike lady. (laughs) And so, they were like, hey, do you want to start a mountain biking team? And I went, okay, yeah, I guess I'll do that. 
I was a track coach at the time. So I thought if I can run, I can ride. So, um, yeah, so we started, uh, so we started picking that up again and then I learned some techniques and that there's like skills that you can break down and there's like instruction and stuff and it makes it a much better experience. So yeah, since then I've just been riding all over and now I work in bikes and I help, you know, I still coach a Nike team and, and my son's on it now, which is really cool. Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. He was just informed of that today. <laughs> right. He's excited. It was voluntary. He's excited. So, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Nice. And no more pink huffy, I imagine. You probably upgraded to a No more pink huffy. I kind of wish I still had it cuz I just think that that'd be a really cool thing to look at, but uh, yep, no more pink huffy. I've got a big girl bike now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, like your bike has been sort of upgraded and evolved over time. Obviously, the trails in Northwest Arkansas have too. And at this point, I mean, most people, certainly in the U.S., I'm sure internationally have heard about all the trails that are being built and just the whole sort of industry that's popping up around that part of the country. What to you makes Northwest Arkansas stand out among mountain bike destinations? So I remember the moment that I realized people knew about what we had. And I thought it was so weird because we're just like, <laughs> we're just here in Arkansas. And then, yeah. you know, people would come in from out of town and they're, they're like, yeah, we heard you've got this huge thing here. And I went, you've heard of us? Really? Okay. <laughs> Who told you? <laughs> Who told you that? Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it's been some serious momentum for like the last little over like 15 ish years, there've been a lot of momentum going on here. And so I think the fact that there was a vision from the beginning and not just, you know, some gritty dudes in the woods with a couple of, you know, Maddox and, and McLeod's just scraping out a line that they want to ride. There was like some, a little bit of star power behind it and a little bit of a long vision, like what we want to make this area. And yeah. along with that vision, there've been a lot of people imported from all over the world to come in here and help make that a reality. And so now it's, you know, we call it Tuesday <laughs> whenever we just roll through town and we just roll up on somebody with a Red Bull helmet somewhere and some other team somewhere, you know, that's, you know, doing a training camp or, you know, a film crew that's doing some video for something. And we're like, oh, okay, so that's Tuesday here. Um, <laughs> so it, it's become, you know, just kind of part of the culture, which is really crazy because it's happened almost. I mean, it feels like from a local's perspective, I grew up here. It feels like overnight, suddenly all of these people that really didn't pay much attention to bikes are like, oh, bikes are a thing. And now we all need to be a part of it. So <laughs> I mean, it's the overall vision and it's like if you had a chance to build a town before all of the roads get put in and plan it out exactly how you want it when it's big enough to hold all of these people. It's that kind of thing where, mm -hmm. you know, we were so lucky that we had all of these different pieces of land that weren't really being used for anything. And then this overall vision to be able to build it into, you know, like a like a destination for mountain biking. So the trails have a really close proximity to the towns. Um, I've heard people who go out to like Moab and stuff. They're like, man, we miss the tree cover because, you know, it's like shaded. So we have a ton of trees, which which seems weird. But like the tree cover is big. It's a big deal. Um, there's variety. There's different styles of riding. There's different, you know, there's different um, levels of riding. Um, 
there's huge community buy-in. Now there's this whole like bicycle industry that lives here. And there are all of these people whose career is bikes. Um, there are other things to do besides that. So now there are, you know, world-class art museums and kayak parks and, you know, advocacy. There are different advocacy groups that like take care of the trails. And so it's like this whole interconnected, um, you know, holistic bubble uh, that is supporting all the different types of biking that you could do. Yeah. Yeah. That's fascinating. Does it feel like the, the locals folks like you have, who have been around for a while, do you still feel like your voice is a part of that conversation or is it kind of like you guys are along for the ride sort of, and like, you know, there's this big vision and like, you just kind of get to enjoy the fruits of that. Or do you feel like your voice is, is being heard in that? Well, I was a former board member with one of the IMBA clubs here, the Ozark Offroad Cyclists. And they are involved in a lot of the projects that go on within their jurisdiction area. And the same thing with the other IMBA club that's here, um, Friends of Arkansas Single Track and Fast. So as advocacy groups for mountain biking, they're involved a lot, especially when it comes to like maintaining trail and, you know, bringing new people into the um, organizations and trying to get community buy-in on projects. If there's even sometimes when there's like a, like a hard service project that goes in like, Hey, we want a greenway connector. They'll call on those local advocacy groups to come in and sit in on the meetings and be like, this is why we want to have this. And so, yes, because you can't really do it without, some grassroots involvement. Um, otherwise you're doing things at people instead of with people. And so, yes, I do feel like that. And I feel like there are organizations like the one that I work for bike in WA, which helps to create advocates within the, the, the whole scope of, of Northwest Arkansas. So we do a lot of work with under, um, underserved communities that haven't been brought to the table and are not already a part of the bike community. And again, we try to do things with them or for them, but not at them. Um, so it's all about asking a lot of questions, which is what, you know, the different advocacy groups try to do. Yeah. Yeah. It's just hard to imagine, you know, the scale of what's being done and and what's already been done in Northwest Arkansas. You know, I just imagine as someone who maybe is involved in a local club, you know, the club might be thinking, oh man, it would be great if we could build this like 20 mile loop where, you know, the, those, the folks with the money and the foundations, they're like, no, actually we're thinking like, 250 miles. Right. And so I could see where like maybe that vision would get ahead of what us mountain bikers even thought was possible. And so it it is good to know that there's like a nice interplay between sort of, you know, the folks who are getting things done more the grassroots with that much bigger vision, which it seems pretty, pretty unique uh, in Arkansas. I'm, I'm not from anywhere else. So don't know if it's unique or not. I do know, I do know that it's pretty great. And I do, you know, when I went out to Sea Otter, we would hear people from Santa Cruz and different areas that are like, man, you know, we can't do any of that. It takes, it takes so much more jumping through hoops to be able to do what you guys have done out there. You know, we let e-bikes ride on all of our trails and there are no restrictions to that. And so that's, that's another one of those things that, you know, I go somewhere else and I'm like, wait, what? There's a rule against that? That's weird. <laughs> um, but 
you know, it's, it's not without its moments of conflict and, you know, differing visions and changes and realization that something needs to be changed because of the proximity or, you know, the level of difficulty or the user group that was intended versus the user group, you know, sometimes trail builders get out there and they want to build what they want to ride. Right. right? right. (laughs) And so, you know, stuff gets a little spicy when it needs to be, you know, maybe medium or mild and, Mm -hmm. and it's not without its conflict and it's not without its, you know, having to redo stuff, but you know, it's, it's been, it's been pretty cool to be a part of it. Not exactly from the beginning, but in the beginning ish. Yeah, that's great. Well, you know, like we've said, there's a ton of trail being built um, that already exists in Northwest Arkansas. It seems like every month there's a new trail system opening up, like not just a small one either. You know, we're talking like 25 miles of, of new trails now. So it's kind of hard as an outsider to keep up with all that and to know like, okay, if I go to, if I go to Bentonville or if I go to Fayetteville or somewhere else in Northwest Arkansas, like what are the trails I need to hit? So, what, in your opinion, are like the two or three must-ride locations uh, that people are going to want to make sure they experience? That's such a loaded question because <laughs> must-ride depends on like what style of riding you love best. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you a couple of suggestions based on my preferences. And I really like a little bit of both. I love to pedal because I'm small and it's really the only advantage I have. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I like to take a break every once in a while and feel that like quad burn as you're going downhill too. So I live here in Fayetteville and Kessler and Centennial are two of my absolute top favorites, especially now that you can kind of get to one from the other. One of the great things about Centennial is it has this beautiful little chip and seal loop called Pop Rocks. And I actually went out there right after a rainstorm when everything else was muddy, we could still ride that. And so we were doing like laps on this little chip and seal track that's pumpy and you can go either way and it's really good fun and and it's one of those things you can take kids to and it's um it's going to be you know fun for a few miles to to do that when you can't really ride a whole lot of uh anything else because it's wet kessler's an old favorite of mine because you know it was one of the one of the first ones in Fayetteville, a lot of it was hand cut. It's got some great views, beautiful rocks. And it's one of those ones that the Ozark off-road cyclists kind of, it's their, their like heart trail. <laughs> so um, they spend a lot of time on that and a lot of love on it. And so uh, that's another favorite. Eureka Springs is great um, because Eureka Springs is just a, a funny little town. Um, those of you from Colorado, it kind of reminds me of Manitou Springs because it's got that little funky, funky vibe to it. But it's also got some great trails out there around Lake Leatherwood. Um, there are, I think, six downhill lines on there, plus uh, cross country around Lake Leatherwood. And then over at the Passion Play are a bunch of other trails of varying levels uh, that a lot of people really like. I've only seen them. I haven't ridden them. Mm-hmm. But due to their proximity to Leatherwood, Eureka Springs is a great place to go. And then Devil's Den, which was the first mountain bike trail in uh, Arkansas at Fossil Flats, has recently been added to, and some of the some of the work out there has been redone by a, a building group called Rock Solid, and it is amazing. We just went there <laughs> on Friday, and it's wonderful. There are a couple of creek crossings, so on a hot day, you know, you can get splashed through on a creek. Um, you know, they're like nice. mid calf high. So it's a little bit of work to get through them. You feel really accomplished. Yeah. You ride under a waterfall. Whoa. Man, it's, yeah, it's really <laughs> special. Cool. It's really special. You know, it's pedally. Uh, you're going to work for it, but uh, 
I think that that's one that you really can't miss. Cool. So, yeah, you mentioned uh, a pump track at, at one of the trail systems at Centennial. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are there other sort of family-friendly trails that you would recommend to folks? Like maybe, you know, flowier stuff without a whole lot of climbing, perhaps? It's a little bit of a song of up and down here. So I like to say when I ride with kids, you got to get up to get down. So there's not really any like way that you can do down without also going up some, but there are some that are, you know, preferential one way or or another. And a lot of the trail systems, and I think this is one of the goals in the area is to create within the trail systems, certain trails that are appropriate for new users, younger users, you know, people that are not quite ready for the, for the spice, or even like, you know, they don't want to ride for fitness. So at Slaughter Pen, which is one of the first trail systems up in Bentonville, there are several lines. Um, there's one trail called All American, which leads from downtown and goes all the way um, almost to Bella Vista. Um, you can follow that trail all the way down. Some parts of it are two-way. Um, there's not a lot of like heavy obstacles or rocks or roots on it. It's a lot of flow. And so that's a good one. Kids love that. And they can just you know ride down that and then head back up the greenway and ride down again. And they really enjoy that. There's one in Fayetteville called Gregory Park, which I call like a pocket park. So it's only like 21 acres, but it's got like a mile perimeter trail and then two um, flow lines that come down it. And so that's one of those ones where you can just take your whole family. Somebody can post up there at the pavilion and then the kids can go up and down and up and down and up and down. Nice. And you can't really lose them in the woods because they're just right there in this pocket park. Centennial has that great line. Um, when you go up to the top of the park, there are some other trails up at the top of the park. And gosh, there are two Velo Solution pump track parks that I can think of. One is the rail yard up in Rogers, which has some slope style lines as well as a jump line. Um, at the back of the park, they have a mulch jump. So that's a great place to take kids. And you can actually ride that anytime, really, because it's paved. So, okay. and then Runway Park in Springdale is another one that was built. Um, and that's where the Pump Track World Championships just were last month. And then they have a couple of skills lines too. And there's, there's one part where you can actually like ride through a helicopter, which is really cool. Um, those <laughs> are great places. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to come down. Yeah. So those are great places to take kids. Um, there are a lot of little places that have what we call bicycle playgrounds. So they're sprinkled all throughout Northwest Arkansas as sort of strider friendly places where you can take kids on balance bikes and they can um, tool around. Wow, nice. Um, so the idea is to like have a place for everybody at each of these trail systems. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like it's, you know, kids of all ages, too. I mean, I wasn't even thinking about kids on striders. I mean, that's like as early as you could possibly be on a bicycle and there's something for them. So that's awesome. Tell us about some of the more challenging rides in the area. You know, I've seen a lot of photos of like big jumps and gaps and (laughs) things like that. I've also seen photos of like really technical rocky trails. And then there's even like backcountry stuff too. So like maybe not technically challenging, but stuff that's going to challenge you physically. So so tell us about some of those rides that are going to be for the more experienced mountain bikers. We just had back in April, 
the Oz Pro Cup, which was an Olympic qualifier cross-country race. So some of the video that you saw probably came from that. Yes. <laughs> There's a lot of rock work up on Centennial. Um, they have the, this sort of apex of the trail is this Cromlick, which looks like something from from Salisbury Plain in England. It looks like Stonehenge. Yeah. And it is a it is a like a swirl up and then you ride back down. And that itself isn't so technically challenging. The the rock work is amazing though. Um there are a couple of lines on there that are uh that are really challenging and have got some some really cool stuff. There's actually a trail on Centennial where you can jump over an old truck that was found in the woods that just became a part of the trail. <laughs> so uh, for tech and rocks, we've got Centennial in Fayetteville. Fitzgerald in Springdale was another um, trail system uh, that was opened up. Oh gosh, a couple of, maybe three years ago. Um, Devil's Den, I already mentioned has some techie stuff in it. Eureka Springs out of the passion play. There are a lot of lines out there that are pretty, pretty spicy um, there's a new trail system. It's not quite open yet. It's called Keystone up in Bentonville. Um, there's some great um, downhill lines there. Kohler Mountain Bike Preserve in Bentonville has um, several jump lines out there. And then if you're looking for fitness-wise challenging, <laughs> <laughs> we've got the Back 40, which is, like I said, sort of a song of up and down where um, you are working really hard. Little sugar trails out there as well on the opposite side of the freeway. Um, Hobbs State Park has a lot of cross-country style stuff out there. Um, so you'd be pedaling, pedaling, pedaling. There's a lot. There's a lot for all different skill levels. There's certainly a lot of stuff that I don't have aspirations to ever ride. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I'll happily go watch other people do it. Right. Right. Well, I mean, one of the things that does make a trail physically challenging, I guess, is the climbing. So, you know, if you if someone did like a really big ride on on back forty, how much climbing would you be doing, and and what's like sort of the mileage that you could get out of that without doing a lot of doubling back? Uh, the back 40 loop itself is about 20 miles. Um, and then the little sugar loop, gosh, that one's like, if you do the whole thing, I think it's like 28 and there's more being added. So, um, the elevation, I think the last time I was out at little sugar, I did 13 miles and had, Oh, I'd have to look at it. It's a lot of climbing. Okay. Like thousands of feet, I'm guessing. 1,900 feet of climbing and 13 yeah. or 14 miles, somewhere around there. Oh, wow. That's a lot. And it's not all straight up. You know, you have little breaks, but it's up and down and up and down and up and down. The way they've, they've laid this out is there are easements um, where there's non-buildable land. So you can't build you can't build houses on it. So we build mountain bike trails on it because it can't really it's not really used for anything else. And so it weaves in and out of these neighborhoods along these um, easements. And it's actually, it's kind of brilliant because it's, it's making the land. When you put people out there, then the land is like kept a little bit nicer. People don't, you know, yeah dump things on it or anything like that because it's parkland <laughs> that people are using. And so right. it's, um, it's actually kind of brilliant that it's, it's used that way. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> That's only happened in one case that I know of, but it doesn't mean that it's not happening currently somewhere and I just don't know about it yet. <laughs> right. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, one person's trash is another person's trail art. So mm -hmm. be looking forward to seeing more of that. 
Well, what are some of the lesser known trails where mountain bikers can maybe get away from the crowds? Are there crowds? Like what are, is there times when you're like, oh, there's too many people on this trail? You know, I thought that that question was really funny because we have so many trails that it's rarely ever like so crowded that you just don't want to do anything. There is a little bit bit of congestion which happens up in Bentonville on the slaughter plant pen trail system just because it's so close to downtown and people want to session it and go up and down and up and down. And there are some places that it's two way and, you know, the old story where one person's going down and the other person's going up and somebody gets upset. That happens sometimes. It's not a massive problem. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are always just because it's an issue today doesn't mean that it's not has it doesn't have something that's being worked on right now to kind of alleviate that. Mm -hmm. But we don't have the kind of congestion that most people think of when they think of congestion. Okay, but there are some really great, you know, like Saturday at Slaughter Pen is going to be busy on a nice day, especially if the weather's been crap for a long time and it's the first nice right. day. <laughs> but, you know, there are a lot of trail systems that even people who live here and have lived here for a long time haven't been on yet. So there's a little trail out west of Fayetteville called Lake Lincoln. And it is a beautiful little rocky trail. And this Lake Lincoln is brilliant because you can you can kayak it. You can rock climb there because there are rock climbing uh, areas there and you can um, ride. So if you love those three things or you could trail run or if you love those things, you can go out there and do all of your favorite things in one place. And it's never super crowded out there. And that's a rocky, techie place um, with some, even the non-rocky place. Um, it's been there for a while. So you can kind of tell if you go out there with like really wide handlebars, you're like, oh, this is from like mid nineties, early two thousands, because these trees are really tight. Right. <laughs> you can date the trail. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, you know, it's just a challenge. It's fine. Um, you just ride your kid's bike and you'll be fine. Um, Weddington Twin Knobs, that's an out and back with a beautiful out overlook. Um, that's another one you can kind of get away from everybody. Devil's Den, again, um, I've never been out there and it's been crowded, not ever. Oh, wow. The Buffalo Headwaters is, um, an Imba Epic Trail, um, that is on, it's on National Forest Land. So, um, it's dispersed camping and you can go out there and ride, gosh, I don't know, there's, 30-ish miles of trails out there, I think, um, including all the, in the, the, you might double back a little bit to get that kind of mileage, but um, you can definitely ride for a long, long time out there. And you probably are not going to see very many people at all. And there's no cell phone service, so you can definitely get away out there. <laughs> cool. Yeah, that's good to know. And yeah, a little surprising too that, you know, I've heard of Buffalo Headwaters. Like you said, it's an Imba epic. And yeah, good to know that it's still like, something you can go out and experience and, and still have that like backcountry feel and not feel like you're, you know, at Disneyland with a bunch of people all over the place. Oh yeah. You can forget that there are people if you're out there. <laughs> cool. Well, you mentioned a number of organizations uh, that are working to build trails and maintain trails in the area. Let's talk about them now. So who, who are the main groups that are building and, and maintaining trails uh, in Northwest Arkansas? So there is a, an organization called the NWA Trailblazers who manages a lot of different projects and they will contract and bring in different companies from all over. So we've had progressive trail designs, rock solid, rogue trails, slow ride, gravity logic, 
fellow solutions, single track trails. There are more I'm sure that I'm not thinking of. There are lots of projects. And so, um, you know, again, it's variety that, that the vision is. And so having the same trail builder do everything doesn't really make sense. Mm -hmm. And then of course there are the two, um, the IMBA clubs fast does a lot of maintenance in their area. And then ORC is a little bit unique because they actually do build. Um, they build hand cut, um, and they do a lot of rock armoring and things like that. They don't do any machine building. They are just, uh, volunteers. I say just volunteers, which is actually kind of more badass than being paid for it because they're volunteers and they just go out there and schlep rocks. Yeah. I mean, these guys, it's crazy the amount of rock that they move around just with their bare hands. Wow. That's cool. And they're gluttons for it. It's, it's so fun to watch. Um, which is mostly what I do when a rock work is involved. <laughs> I just <Yeah>. watch. <laughs> but then we also have a lot of projects that we bring in the Nike teams for stewardship and, and giving back is a big mm -hmm. cornerstone of Nike. And so sometimes there are projects that are sort of built for the kids and we like to involve them as much as possible. So, you know, a project that I worked at, on at the school that I uh, used to work at was to build um, a little trail on campus. And so we brought out, you know, all of the volunteers from the OORC and then NICA and they kind of worked together where the OORC was kind of leading it. And then NICA came in and the kids were learning how to um, maintain a trail and how to, um, you know, use the McLeods and all the different tools and, and what that involved. So it's a lot of public private partnership. There are some there are some uh, cities that have dedicated trail maintenance people. There are some cities that don't yet, but are kind of exploring that option. Once you get a certain amount of trails, there's really only so much that a advocacy group or a volunteer group can do. And it, it's time to kind of look at, you know, what the economic value of these trails are, what they're bringing to the area and what budget you can dedicate to making sure that they're still world class. Mm -hmm. So the Trailblazers has a small team of five who work on trails in Bentonville, Bella Vista and Kohler. Um, and they work to train people from FAST ORC and NICA. Um, and they work with them periodically. So yeah, it's a, it's a lot of, it's a lot of everyone. It's all hands on deck to, to look after everything. Yeah, that's, it sounds like it. What are the funding sources that, uh, these groups are using? You know, we've, we've heard that there are countless, like you said, countless trail builders in, Arkansas working kind of year round. And it just seems crazy that there's that much work available and funding available. So where, where's the funding for a lot of this come from? Grants, you know, it's, uh, and it's not, you know, from one source, it's, it, it's largely funded um, by grants from the Walton Family Foundation as part of their vision to create this, you know, world-class mountain biking uh, destination. But as other organizations, as other businesses are seeing the value of this, there's, you know, there's partnership from other areas as well. Yeah. Yeah. Is there, is there much government funding that's available as well? I know that's big in certain areas, um, but yeah, I'm just not, not familiar enough with what's going on there in Northwest Arkansas. Um, government funding at the state level. Yeah, or the federal, you know, the recreational trail funding and a lot of those sources that IMBA helps clubs connect with to get trails built. You know, not being one of the grant writers for that, I couldn't say definitively one way or another. Um, I do know that there is funding available for 
hard surface, which is more like, you know, transportation and connectivity and things like that. Yeah. So, but you know, that plays into it as well, because, you know, if you could ride your bike to a place rather than having to go somewhere and park, you know, it's all kind of part of it and it's super interconnected. Mm -hmm. And the organization that I work for is definitely an advocate for creating that connectivity. Um, and sometimes connectivity is dirt. Sometimes connectivity is a paved surface. So yeah. I know that there is funding out there for it. Um, not being one of the grant writers, I couldn't say specifically how much or where it comes from. Yeah. Okay. Well, a lot of uh, mountain bike destinations, particularly ski resorts, places like that, you know, are places where you would expect to be able to find plenty of bikes to rent uh, for people coming out of town. Is that something that's available in Northwest Arkansas right now? Seems like there's an opportunity for it, but also, like I said, it's kind of an unlikely destination. So if people do fly in from somewhere far away or thinking to be able to rent mountain bikes in town? Absolutely. Yeah. All of the major shops uh, rent bikes now. It wasn't always so, but they've recognized that that's something that the their, you know, their client base has been asking for. So mm-hmm. Mojo Cycling, High Roller, Spoke Adventures, Fat Tire, the Bike Route, Gearhead Outfitters, all those guys have um have uh rental bikes um we i would recommend that you call ahead of time and maybe reserve one just in case yeah just so you can make sure you have you know the one you want or the size that works for you but yeah um rentals are and you know i think some of the cities even have a few rental bikes as well and they may not be you know the hardcore shred sled but they do have bikes if you need to get around is there a variety of bikes that, that shops are renting? Because it sounds like there's trails for everything. I mean, you could ride hardtails plenty of places. You could probably also use a downhill bike at a few of the spots. So um, is there a certain style of bike? I don't know if anybody rents downhill bikes. I know that you could probably rent a trail. I know you can rent a trail bike. Um, probably an enduro bike. Um, I haven't seen any downhill bikes yet. When I say downhill, um, it's not uh, it's not like your Rocky Mountain Range downhill. It is downhill, <laughs> but it's not necessarily something that's going to require a massive amount of travel. You know, you might want to ride it that way. You might not. Um, generally, the bikes that we see around here that the locals ride are enduro or trail bikes. Okay. Um, there are a lot of cross-country riders as well. Um, you know, you could get something in the middle range and have fun on everything. That's, that's basically what I have. Um, so, yeah, there are a couple of places you can even rent gravel bikes because gravel is a big thing around here now, too. Um, of course, we have a lot of great dirt roads. Um, the only sad thing about gravel is like there'll never be as many dirt roads as there are now because sometimes they get paved because they keep getting used. Right. So unless, you know, Progress. somebody's cutting new new roads out there somewhere, which is not super often, you know, we have what we have and we try to we try not to send too many cars on it. <laughs> right. Well, are there any local tour operators or perhaps even clubs that visitors can connect with if they want to ride with some local folks or have someone show them around? Sure. Yeah. Um, both of the IMBA clubs do um, rides. Uh, Fast does a standing ride every Wednesday unless, you know, weather conditions don't allow for it, which means like mm-hmm. freeze thaw or, you know, active thunderstorm. Yeah. The Ozark Off-Road Cyclists, I think they do their rides um, once. They they do them a little bit less periodical and, and more um, pop-up. 
37 North Expeditions does a uh, gravel tour, and I think they're starting to do some more mountain bike things as well. They also do combination stuff, so you can go do a gravel ride and then take a kayak out. So they'll do like a pedal paddle, which is super fun. Slaughter Trail Guides is another really good one. They do shuttles as well. So if you wanted to go out to Eureka and shuttle, they'll take you out and they'll shuttle you. Um, Ozark Cycling Guides um, will kind of tailor it to whatever you want to do. So there's a lot of great stuff. Um, and there are, you know, Facebook pages for for the two clubs where you, you can just go on and see, you know, who's riding where and just jump in with them. And, and they are always very welcoming. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of different opportunities, different ways to connect with local folks for visitors. So after the ride, where do people hang out? Are there like certain bars or breweries that the mountain bikers tend to prefer over other places? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you are up in Bentonville, you can hit the hub and it is, um, one of those places, uh, that actually, um, was created by a trail building company to kind of have all their friends hang out at. (laughs) So they have food and beverages. Um, it's, it's a favorite of ours. Um, right next door to that is Peddler's Pub where you can go get pizza. Airship Coffee has a coffee bar in Kohler Mountain Bike Preserve that you can only get to by walking or riding your bike. There is no drive up. Whoa, that's cool. Yeah, so you got to be in there to be in there. Um, And they're super fun. They have food and coffee and beer and they do um, like DJs out there every once in a while. So it's a good time. Hmm. Bike Rack Brewing is another really great one. Um, That's at a place called 8th Street Market in Bentonville. Um, one of my faves down here in Fayetteville is Fossil Cove. Uh, they are right on the Razorback Greenway, and a lot of rides mm-hmm. start and end from there, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially <Yeah>. end. <laughs> um, <laughs> the Odd Souls, another favorite of mine in Springdale. Um, they're just off the downtown area, just down from that runway park that I talked about. Um, Natural State Brewing. There are a couple of good live music venues, too, that are right on the Greenway. One's George's Majestic, which is like 80-some-odd years old and has had some major names come through there. Um, really great place. Um, another one is Prairie Street Live, which has a wonderful outdoor venue right off the Greenway. So, And the Greenway actually connects all of the towns. Like all, all of, well, not all of them. There are more towns that are not on it. But like the major, the four major um, cities that are right you know, with each other, each with trail systems in them, um, Fayetteville, Springdale, Rogers, and Bentonville. You can ride from Kessler all the way up the Greenway to Blowing Springs. So if you had the legs and the time, you could ride your mountain bike around Kessler, head up the Greenway, and then go hit Slaughter Pen and come back if you wanted to. Yeah. Wow. That's incredible. Well, yeah. I mean, it almost sounds like you could show up and if you're staying in the right spot, you could you could get around on your bike pretty much the whole time. So what is there a spot you would recommend for folks who want to do that, who want to just like park the car and, you know, ride to the ride and, you know, ride to get beer and pizza and listen to music and stuff like is it's are there spots uh, that that are good for doing that sort of thing? Do you mean to stay overnight or just for the day? Yeah, to stay overnight. Mm-hmm. So there's camping at Devil's Den. Um where you can go ride that Fossil Flats Trail uh, and everything that's over there. There's camping at Kohler, um, which is up in Bentonville. 
um, Blowing Springs has camping and the, all of these places you can either tent camp or you can car camp. It's up to you. Um, Blowing Springs has a huge RV spot. So if you wanted to RV, you could, you could go to Blowing Springs. Hobbs has new camping, which is hiking camping or biking camping. And they are the most beautifully constructed architectural pieces of like trail jewels. It's so amazing. Um, at Hobbs state park. And that's just off of their mountain bike trails there. And then of course down at the Buffalo headwaters, you can do dispersed camping out there. And there are a couple of really great spots. Um, so that, um, you know, we get a lot of van lifers that come up here or down here, (laughs) depending on where they're coming from. Um, and, uh, you know, there are a lot of different places that are not on that list that you can also do that. (laughs) Mm, Um, and, and, uh, and, you know, there are a couple of hacks out in the van world. I know, I know that they know what those things are, but yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we get a lot of those too. The people, yeah, the people who want to know, they, they know how to find out. So what about if you're yeah looking for something a little more like in town, are there like hotels or Airbnbs, um, that are going to be accessible to trails? Sounds like slaughter pen is one you can ride from downtown Bentonville. So are there like cool places to stay there in Bentonville? So 21C is just across from All-American Trailhead, and it is a bike-friendly hotel. Um, It is also um, a museum inside. Um, It has a private collection of art, which is shared between all of the 21C hotels in the U.S. So I think there's one in Louisville, one in Durham, um, and they share this art collection. So there's that, which is an added bonus. I love going in there. They have some of the coolest, weirdest art anywhere. Oh, cool. (laughs) The Graduate in downtown Fayetteville is another bike-friendly hotel. It's right on the square, um, so it's like a, a couple of blocks from Greenway Access, which can take you either north or south to whatever trail system you want to get to. Mm-hmm. Hampton Inn is right at the base of Centennial, which is kind of cool. Um, if you're looking to book that for the Cyclocross World Championships in 2022, you better get on it, and it's probably already sold out, honestly. But yeah. yeah, I bet that's a popular spot. Yeah, it's right at the base. And there are loads of Airbnbs and more and more every day. And a lot of the Airbnbs are actually getting on board with bikes and a lot of the hotels, honestly, too. Um, there are more than what I mentioned. Um, but it, it's something that the entire culture, the, the whole population in the area is getting on board with. And they're like, OK, we get it. This is the thing. And we're you know, all going to get on board with the thing. And even some of the smaller towns in the area, they're like, they've seen what has happened in the last 15 years um, to some of the downtown areas um, that have had, you know, connection through a bike path to other towns and they want a piece of it. And so there are, you know, smaller towns that are getting on board as well. Hmm. You mentioned the Cyclocross Worlds event uh, that's coming up next year. Are there other events and races that people can plan to attend? And are there like better times of the year to visit uh, to ride mountain bikes than others? Yes. <laughs> There's so much happening. In March, the lights flipped on and, and all of the events came back. And now it's like... You know, it's it's almost every weekend that there's something going on for bikes in one discipline or another, if not directly here, then nearby. And so, you know, all of the different organizations like convene and try to figure out who gets which weekend where. 
Um, but there's, you know, there's always going to be something. Some of my favorites are the Devil's Den Mountain Bike Festival, which has been going on this last year, was its 32nd year, because I said oh, wow. Devil's Den was one of the first ones. So it's this, and it's a little bit grassroots, it's much smaller. Um, you'll see like the old school builders that were out there in the beginning there. And it's um, it's the first week in, weekend in April. And if you want to insert yourself into, and it's all free. If you want to insert yourself into one of the first mountain bike events in Arkansas, that's the one. Yeah. I said, of course, the Cyclocross World Championships. Um, the Arkansas Enduro Series goes through May to September. A couple weekends ago, we just had the one in uh, Bella Vista um, on some of the trails that I didn't even mention at the Huntley Gravity Zone over there. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's all kinds of stuff I didn't mention. It would take so much longer than an hour. We have the Bentonville Bike Fest that's coming up this weekend. That's um, Kenny Belay's project. That is a, a three-day festival that's got everything from races on All-American to an enduro race to a gravel event. There are trials shows. There's a, um, I think there's like a, a jump show as well. Strider's doing a Strider race. It's a big, big thing, and it's this weekend. So um, if you're in town in June, that's that's the weekend to come, and it's super duper. Most of the events for that are free. There are experiences that, that are um, a little bit uh, more instructive, so registration is required for those. But for the general um, access, it's, it's free to, to attend. Um, another one of my favorites that was started by locals is the Buffalo Headwaters Challenge which is at the end of January, which you'll, you'll hear, I mean, all of the stuff that I just mentioned is in the warm months, but this one okay. is in the dead of yeah. winter. <laughs> and that yeah. was created to basically keep the forest from eating the trail, right? Cause you got to get tires <laughs> on it. So um, right. once a year they convene riders out there on the Buffalo headwaters trails to just ride them, ride them in. Yeah. Good to know that you can ride year round in Northwest Arkansas. Yeah. You can. There are times when freeze thaw kind of, you know, starts starts happening and, and we really want to um, protect the more um, the more vulnerable trails to that. But we have a couple of trail systems that are built on the type of rock that you can really ride all year. Mm -hmm. And even in, you know, the rain or immediately after the rain, um, we have a few trail systems that that get a lot of use <laughs> when the weather's crap. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Those are just a few. There are a ton more. Um, and those are just the mountain bike specific ones. The cyclocross world championship isn't mountain bike specific, but most of us would need a mountain bike to ride those courses. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, well, it's off road. So it's in yeah. the same spirit. Yeah. And I'm struck too by just, you know, you mentioned most of these events are either completely free or mostly free. And just thinking about Northwest Arkansas as a destination, it's, seems to be unique in terms of like how accessible and affordable a uh, trip there would be compared to, you know, going somewhere like more resort style or, or a place like that, you know, thinking out West Colorado or, or Utah or somewhere like that, where people are going to spend a good bit more to stay and to access the trails and all that kind of thing. It seems like Arkansas is set up to, to be much more affordable and accessible. I think so. I've been to other places and I know that it's, you know, sometimes you got to 
pay to get a shuttle here and you got to pay to get a shuttle there and, and, um, you know, passes for the lift. We don't have any lifts. So you don't need passes. <laughs> <laughs> right. You just need legs. <laughs> yeah. Or you can bring your e-bike. So, I mean, that, like, that's unusual as well. You for can a lot of destinations. and you should they bring can... your e-bike. <laughs> right. So if, if you need a shuttle, bring your yep. own yep. and you'll be fine. Sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, this, this, Potentially could be a very long-winded answer, but uh, I want to know about plans to expand or improve trails in the area. I don't imagine things are going to be slowing down anytime soon. So what are some of the like bigger or more interesting projects uh, that are coming up in the future? They're always expanding. <laughs> areas, like I said, areas outside the main corridor are a potential for um, getting in on the action. There was a system um, at Mount Nebo that just opened up recently. And then, of course, there was an Enduro race that happened there um, pretty close to to that opening. Um, You know, little towns like Huntsville, I love Huntsville. Um, It's beautiful and mountainous like uh, some of the other places wish wish that they were. And a lot of it is, you know, undeveloped private owned land. Um, There's a, a huge potential in that area. As far as projects that are on the radar, <laughs> there are things that I don't have any idea are on the radar. Right. Yeah. You just show up and they're like, hey, new trail. <laughs> yeah. You said it's hard to keep up from, from an outsider's perspective. I'm an insider and I can't keep up. Yeah, I bet. It's always um, on the horizon to try something new, to try something different. A lot of these, a lot of these um, projects are you know, where some of these companies kind of cut their teeth and learned to do what they do. Um, And so going back and reworking those projects as they have new techniques or new ideas that they want to try out, Mm -hmm. it's, it's always expanding. It's never not, there's a lot of momentum for creating even more family friendly places um, where there are all the amenities that a family would want, you know, bathrooms, changing areas, um, plenty of water parking, you know, multiple, multiple level trails, um, bike park kind of things, and just trying to create, um, you know, the best iteration of what a family would want, um, out of one space. Yeah. There's always room for improvement and there are are some crazy ideas out there. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the sense that I get is that, you know, at this point, there's plenty of mileage. And and that's not to say that like big trail projects aren't still being opened. And I'm sure there are more being planned. But it seems like what I've seen also is just more of these kind of, as you alluded to, they're, they're more like showpieces for the builders and doing things that are really unique, like riding through a waterfall or like, you know, through a helicopter or whatever, like stuff that that you're not going to find anywhere else and kind of also filling in, like you said, the gaps in terms of like, you know, we don't have an enduro trail. I mean, we've got a few like enduro type things, but like, let's build an enduro trail. That's like the enduro spot and um, making sure that there is something for everyone uh, seems like that's, that's going to be, I guess what, what we're seeing in the future a little bit. Yeah, there's a long-term vision of what could this trail 
be used for? Is this an appropriate place for a Nike race? Is this an appropriate place for an Enduro race? Is this an appropriate place for a family to come if they just want to, you know, spend one day in the area? And trying to visit this, you know, piece of property and look at it through all of the different user groups who could use it and trying to Mm -hmm. maximize it for that rather than this is a downhill trail or this Mm -hmm. is a cross country trail. Or, you know, this whole system is specifically for this use. We find that we get more community buy-in, more interest if the system is treated like something for everybody. Hmm. Yeah, that's that's a really cool vision. Well, is there anything else that mountain bikers need to know before visiting Northwest Arkansas? So there's one thing I did want to mention when you were talking about places to rent bikes. We have something pretty unique here, and that is a place where you can rent kids' bikes. Um, there is a shop called Buddy Pegs that has uh, bikes for kids uh, all the way up to like nine, 10 years old, mm-hmm. maybe even a little bit older. And I think they also have um, e-cargo bikes that you can rent. So if you wanted to rent an e-cargo bike to take your family from one place to another, you totally could. If you wanted to rent, you know, a 24 inch full suspension bike for your kiddo, you can totally do that. Um, and that is something super unique that I know not a lot of places have. So a couple of things, if you come here, you need to bring your fleet because you can do all the different types of riding. So bring your gravel bike, your full suspension, your cross country, or, you know, find one that you think is going to rule them all and try it. Right. We did just have a, a, we did just have a race here called the rule of three, which was single track gravel and road. Um, that you do on the same bike. So, oh, cool. <laughs> yeah, super cool event. And then um, a couple of things that that people mm, sometimes don't think of. We do have some some rocks in the area that can you know do a little bit of damage. We had a um, we had the Oz Off Road Epic um, a few years ago, and there were some people that did not do some research. <laughs> and there were a lot of flats that were had, especially immediately after the rain. So bring that, uh, the double wall. Good advice. Well, Anya, thank you so much for taking the time to fill us in on the local trails and help us ride like a local when we do come to visit. And thank you for the work you're doing with bike NWA. I know it's important work and making a real difference there. Absolutely. This was super fun. Well, if you'd like to learn more or find more resources, uh, check out bikenwa.org. And we'll have links to some of the businesses mentioned here in the podcast in the notes. That's all I've got this week. We'll talk to you again next week. Mm-hmm.